While I was writing one of my books, I wrote to a number of people and asked them for their definition of finishing well. I asked the question, how would you describe a successful life when you're looking back from the finish line? I really like the answer that author and speaker John Maxwell emailed me back. He said, Hans, I've always stated that my definition of success is that those closest to me love and respect me the most. So I will have finished well if at the end those closest to me who knew me inside and out love and respect me the most. This is Hans Finzel. Welcome to the Leadership Answer Man. This is a show for leaders about taking leadership to the next level. If you desire to learn to be a better leader, this podcast is for you. I promise to give you practical leadership tips you can use right away. My passion is to help you lead more effectively. Welcome to this episode. This episode today is brought to you by the letter I. The letter I in leadership stands for integrity. It's all about the character of the leader. We're almost at the tail end of the 10-part series, Learn to Lead, 10 Essential Skills Every New Leader Must Master. And again, the I in leadership stands for integrity. What I'm going to cover in the show today are basically three things. God is watching me and us. Secondly, six barriers to finishing well, no matter what your age or where you are in your career. And then number three, what it means to have integrity. And I'm going to leave you with an integrity question at the end. You can always find the podcast directory at hansfinzel.com backslash podcasts if you want to see the previous shows. It's interesting right now I'm talking about uh, integrity and we're in the middle of this huge scandal with Volkswagen where it turns out this company's engineers, these great smart German engineers, figured out a software workaround in 11 million of their diesel engines. And um, as a result, they were passing emissions tests uh, when they shouldn't have been. been. And, I, and I just thought, you know what this is all about? It's all about integrity. Now, many heads have already rolled in the leadership of Volkswagen. It was a great company, and it's been the world's biggest automaker. However, they have a huge problem of integrity, and it's going to take a long time to get the um, what happens when you lose integrity? People lose trust. They have broken trust with the buyers of their products. It takes a long, long time to get integrity back if you lose it. I remember years ago, we had a SWOT analysis of our uh, ministry organization. We had seven strengths and 28 weaknesses at the end of that SWOT analysis, and I was so discouraged by all the weaknesses. But our consultant said, Hans, one of your seven uh, strengths is integrity, and that you can't buy that if you don't have it. Integrity is an essential ingredient for leadership. People will not follow leaders they don't trust, that don't have a character that exhibits good integrity. Well, let's talk about the fact that God is watching me. Remember there was an old song years ago, the line from a popular song, God is watching you. Well, he is watching us. Mark Hurd lost his job 
as the star turnaround CEO at HP in Silicon Valley, California. He's the one that followed Carly Farina, who's in the news quite a bit right now, related to the presidential race. By the time you listen to this, he, Mark Hurd, will be long forgotten and out of the headlines because HP ousted him for submitting inaccurate expense reports connected to a contractor who did marketing for the company. While investigating the contract workers claimed that Hurd sexually harassed her, HP said it discovered Hurd falsified expenses connected to her. The company reported that in numerous instances, the contractor received compensation where there was not a legitimate business purpose. That was according to HP's general counsel. Well, guess what? Money, the opposite sex, these are huge issues where you can fall in your integrity. Five years of brilliant leadership came to an end for Mark Hurd because of an indiscretion in his expense account. It had to do with an attractive woman and some questionable expenses. But there was actually no illicit sexual behavior ever uh, confessed or, or discovered. Hurd claimed that someone else had messed up his expense reports. Someone was not sweating the small stuff. What disheartens me is the way the rest of the story played out. Hurd then received a $28 million golden parachute. Great reward for messing up, isn't it? What would happen to most of us if we were caught cheating with our books or in this kind of a scandal? We'd probably be thrown the door immediately and <laughs> without a golden parachute. But you know what? It's great to know that God is really the one keeping the score. And Actually, the fact that God is watching me is an encouraging concept, not a scary concept. Moses has a, a great quote about the fact that God is watching us and integrity in uh, Psalm 90, in the prayer of Moses. He says, you have set our iniquities before us, our secret sins in the light of your presence. God is watching us. We can fool some of the people some of the time, but we can never fool God any time. Moses knew this truth and lived it out with integrity. One place where the integrity showed up time and again was his faithfulness to God's tiny little commands. Here's a statement that occurs over and over again in the Old Testament related to Moses, a man, a leader of great integrity. Over and over again it says, Moses did as the Lord commanded him. That's from Numbers 27, 22. This phrase appears 94 times in the Old Testament. Moses did as the Lord commanded him. It's true that the devil's in the details, and it's usually in small acts of disobedience where we leaders stumble. It's actually not in the big slashes, but the tiny little cuts. Moses was not only a great grand leader of vision, but he was a man that paid attention to small details. Much of the content of the books of Moses in the Old Testament are really about minute details of legislation and lifestyle and obedience and building the tabernacle that God told him to build. He knew how important it was to play by God's rules. That's why at the very end of his life, when he passed the baton to Joshua, he reminded everyone again 
about the details of integrity and how to be successful in God's economy. When Moses finished reciting all the words to Israel, he said to them in Deuteronomy 32, Take to heart all the words I have solemnly declared to you this day, so that you may command your children to obey carefully all the words of this law. They are not just idle words for you. They are your life. By them you will live long in the land you are crossing the Jordan to possess. Great words. You know, integrity is not just for Christians. It's not just about the Bible and what the Bible says about integrity. Some of the greatest leadership writers today in the secular realm as well as the spiritual realm talk about how important it is to have character and integrity in order for people to trust you and follow you. When I was a kid, the idea of God watching me was really a very negative concept, like he was a cosmic cop. He was waiting for me to step out of the line so he could zap me and he could punish me. Actually, it's like my father. I had a tough relationship with my dad, and the only time I saw my dad was when I stepped out of line. So I kind of transferred that to God. That's what we do. But when I grew up, and I began to understand who God really is and what the Bible really teaches about my relationship to him, I realized, first of all, God is a loving God. He's not a mean God. Number two, I realized he knows how imperfect we are and how imperfect I am, and he looks to us with grace and forgiveness and mercy. And number three, he, his watching me is a good thing, not a bad thing. Uh, I remember Ethel Waters used to sing this song at the Billy Graham Crusades. His eye is on the sparrow, and I know he's watching me. And you know, that's a good thing. That's a positive thing. Well, I want to shift from that Bible and spiritual topic to a secular writers and what they say about integrity. In the introduction to the second edition of their landmark book, Leaders, Strategies for Taking Charge, uh, Benison Nanus observed this, quote, although a lot of executives are derailed or plateaued for lack of character or judgment, we've never observed a premature career ending for lack of technical competence. Ironically, what's most important in leadership can't be easily quantified because it's character and integrity. That's what prematurely ends a career. These writers in the secular realm know that character is a key issue for effective lifelong leadership. In fact, they admit that the longer they study effective leaders, the more they have seen that character is the defining issue. Okay, the second area I want to discuss in the podcast today is six barriers to finishing well. And this would apply whether or not you are uh, young or whether you're older, because I'm talking about finishing well with integrity in your current assignment. And sadly, we know that many leaders don't finish well and they don't leave well. The person who has studied hundreds of leaders over a lifetime is Dr. Bobby Clinton, who for many years taught at the Fuller School of Intercultural Studies. He was my mentor and advisor for my doctorate in leadership. I, I was his teaching assistant, and we just had a great relationship, and he's a great guy. He's still around. He's retired, 
And uh, a lot of people look to Bobby Clinton for his study of so many leaders and and keys to finishing well. And so this uh, my studying under him was life changing. And I always say you should go to a school or a grad school according to who the professors are, who you want to be influenced by. And I went to Fuller because I wanted to study under Bobby Clinton, who was doing some real groundbreaking study on leadership from the perspective of Christians. He studied a lot of biblical leaders and a lot of secular leaders and a lot of Christian leaders. And here are his five barriers to finishing well. First, he says, is finances. As leaders grow in their influence and the amount of money they are responsible for, greed and mismanagement can easily creep in and compromise an effective leader. Examples in the Bible would be Gideon's golden ephod and Ananias and Sapphira who cheated the early church and lied about how much money they really had to give the church. So first of all, finances, huge. I started with the illustration of Mark Hurd. And, you know, finances are so critical. As I was a CEO of our ministry, a $34 million annual budget, and I, I remember I always was obsessed about taking really careful concern about my expense accounts and my expense reports and keeping the receipts and turning it all in. And I remember uh, one time, uh, Christina said she was the gal who I submitted all these uh, expense reports to for uh, tracking reimbursements. Um, and she said, you know, Hans, you you do a better job than anybody at turning in all the details of your expenses. And I thought to myself, well, yeah, I think I should. <laughs> the people we at the top, more than anybody, we, we should be held accountable to a very high standard. Yeah. You know, finances trip so many people up. Okay, second is power. With the growth of power comes the subtle temptation to abuse it. Privileges come with the rise in perceived status, which can easily become abusive. An example in the Bible, again, would be Saul's usurpation of priestly privilege. Abraham Lincoln said, nearly all men can stand adversity, but if you want to test a man's character, give him power. So power can derail you. It can get in your head. You can all of a sudden uh, think you don't have to obey the rules or you live by a different set of rules. Power can become absolutely addicting and it can be just become like a drug that that changes your uh, perception and all of a sudden you rationalize because you think I, I'm special and special rules apply to me. So power. The third is pride. And actually, I'm going to have a lot to say about pride in the final podcast in this series. The P in leadership is about the problem of pride. And so I'll, I'll have a lot to say about that in, epi, in the 10th of this series. But right now, I just want to say pride. Bobby Clinton says, we, we must maintain a healthy respect for who we are and what we've accomplished, but we must not allow our successes to go to our heads. God is the one who's given credit for anything good that comes out of our work, and we should be sure and give him credit. It's so important that we understand the battles of pride and how pride comes before the fall. The fourth is sex. 
This one needs no elaboration and has been a key test of leadership from day one. Joseph in the Old Testament did it right. David did it wrong. Be careful of that monster of sexual, uh, the correct and uh, appropriate relationship with the opposite sex. Fifth is family. Tension and trouble in a leader's home can result in his or her ministry and life and leadership being destroyed. This can come between a husband and a wife or between parents and children or even battles between siblings. And finally, number six, plateauing. Some leaders experience a growing dryness and dullness in their work. If it's not countered with lifelong learning and with renewal, plateauing will reduce the leader's effectiveness to zero. And this hardening can even lead to rebellion and disobedience, as like in the case of Saul in the Old Testament. I've almost completed this 10-part series of podcasts on Learn to Lead, 10 essential skills every new leader must master. I'm actually going to do a summary podcast when I'm done with all these, and I want to walk with you and review with you which ones you like the best, which ones spoke to you the most, and where you think you might need to do some work yourself on these 10 areas that every new leader must master. But I want to hear from you about what happens next. I really wish you would uh, go to hansfenzel.com backslash engage. I've been getting more uh, responses from you. I really appreciate it. Uh, I just had a great message this week from somebody who was struggling with a subordinate who was being very subversive and undermining the authority of the leader in so many ways. And this person wanted my advice. And you can imagine what I told them. And I said, you know, you've got to get rid of this person. And anyway, we had a great exchange. So please write me and let me know your pain point, hanstenzel.com backslash engage. And if you'd like a free audio book, just let me know when you fill that form out. I'll be glad to, uh, the two books that are available are on that page. And I'll be glad to send you a free audio book of one of my my audio books. So go to hanstenzel.com backslash engage. And let me hear some of your pain points and some topics that you would love to hear me cover in future podcasts. The third and final thing I wanted to cover in this podcast is more positive. I told you the six barriers to finishing well, but I want to flip that around and say, uh, what does it mean to have integrity? What is integrity? And let me just say, uh, let me talk about character. Harry Truman said, in reading the lives of great men, I found that the first victory they won was over themselves. Self-discipline with all of them came first. John Maxwell is famous for saying, your gifts and skills might get you to the top, but only your character will keep you there. I'd like to ask you, how good is your word? 
I find that sometimes, especially as the years go on, it seems like people don't keep their word and they say things they don't even plan to keep. It might be an event you're being asked to go to and you tell people, yes, I'll be there, but you you won't, but you want to say yes because you don't want to say no because of the ramifications. And I love what the Bible says. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. And be careful with your tongue and what the words come out of your mouth. How good is your word? Is your credibility such that your followers can move ahead knowing you won't change your course midstream? Are you known as someone who is reliable in doing what you say you will do? Reliable leaders keep their promises. The trait often separates leaders from followers. Our ministry faced a major issue that required strict confidentiality. For the information to leak out prematurely would have been very destructive to our employees and our personnel worldwide. And I watched with interest as we on the leadership team committed to share this information only with our spouses for a period of several months, some very critical information about our future planning. I'm proud to say that the group kept a tight lid on the information for several months. When the information finally did leak out, it was not through my team, but from another person who was in on the secret but could not keep it to himself. Because you know how it is. We know a secret and we tell someone, listen, I'm not supposed to tell anybody, but if you promise you won't tell anybody, I guess I can tell you. You see, that's not keeping a secret. That's not keeping your word. He confidentially told a good friend who was asked not to repeat it, but who in turn told his friend in confidence not to repeat it. And that's not keeping confidence. And you you know, you're, if you're passing along that kind of privilege information, it does break trust. That person really let us down. He began a series of events that was hurtful. Fortunately, the damage was minimal because it was right before the time for the information to be released. Here's the lesson to learn. Don't give out confidential information that's entrusted to you. Can people trust you? The temptation is to share uh, the power of confidential information. You know, it's powerful to know something other people don't know, and, and we're so tempted to share it. James, in the New Testament, summed up this quality of trustworthiness. Above all, my brothers, do not swear by heaven or by earth or by anything else. Let your less yes be yes and your no be no, or you will be condemned. That's James 5.12. Don't say yes to something when in reality you have no intention of doing it, when you have no authority or ability to do it, or when you know you're going to change your mind and are not really committed to it. Let your yes be let yes and let your no be no. You know, the issue of character really permeates all disciplines. Coach John Wooden, who led the UCLA basketball team to 10 national titles in 12 years, emphasized character as the key to his success with his team. And here's what he said, be more concerned with your character than with your reputation. Your character is what you really are, while your reputation is merely what others think you are. The word character actually comes from the Latin word, which means a mark or a distinctive quality. In terms of people and personalities, character is one of the attributes or features that make up and distinguish an individual. 
Another definition I like is this. Character is the complex of mental and ethical traits marking and often individualizing a person, group, or nation. A person of good character is a person of moral excellence and soundness. That's what integrity is all about. So, you know, I asked a group of leaders the other day, I was speaking to a group of leaders, and I said, "What in leadership, we want to make a mark and we want to leave a legacy. What's more important, making a mark or leaving a legacy? Well, I think both are really critical. Making a mark is what you accomplish as a leader through your team, through your business, through your ministry, through your church, through your nonprofit, through your school, uh, whatever you're doing, uh, leaders make things happen. Great things happen. That's the joy and the payback of the work of leadership. We make a mark, but we also leave a legacy. And that's important, too. And what kind of a legacy we leave is all about our reputation and our integrity. You know, I want to leave you with this, uh, with this great quote from uh, the, the book of Psalms, seventy-eight, seventy-two, because I think David was one of the great leaders who balanced this dynamic. Make a mark, leave a legacy. He did make a mark. He wasn't perfect. But he was a great leader in the Bible, and he he left an amazing legacy. And Psalm seventy eight seventy two is a summary of his life, and it says David shepherded them with integrity of heart, and with skillful hands he led them. Psalm seventy eight seventy two, one of my favorite passages on integrity, and David shepherded them with integrity of heart, and with skillful hands he led them. He made a mark. He left a legacy. And as I, as you know, I, I earlier has said he, he had a great moral failure in his life. He did some bad things. And that's, again, God is watching us, but he loves us. And he's willing to forgive us as we change and we ask his forgiveness and we get better. You can overcome. I know some great examples of people who have walked through tremendous moral failure and yet have overcome it gotten their integrity back, gotten their reputation back. Wow, it is so cool to watch. Warren Buffett, CEO of Berkshire Hathaway and one of the richest men in the world. Uh, Let me finish with this quote of what he said. In looking for people to hire, you look for three qualities, integrity, intelligence, and energy. And if you don't have the first, the other two will kill you. In looking for people to hire, you look for integrity, intelligence, and energy. And if you don't have the first, the other two will kill you. Well, let me finish with uh, an action point question. How would you answer me with this question? I ask a number of people, how would you describe a successful life when you're looking back from the finish line? I'd love to hear your answer to that. And again, you can go to hansfinzel.com backslash engage and tell me how you would answer that question. How would you describe a successful life when you're looking back from the finish line? John Maxwell wrote me when I asked him that question. He said, I've always stated that my definition of success is that those closest to me love and respect me the most. So I will have finished well if at the end those closest to me who knew me inside and out love and respect me the most. 
This has been Hans Finzel. Thank you for listening to the Leadership Answer Man. Remember that leaders make great things happen. We can always take our leadership to the next level. I hope you keep listening and learning and that you go out there this week and make a difference with your leadership.